Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Welcome to the Tennis Podcast. Just an hour after Andy Murray took Great Britain into the Davis Cup by BNP Paribas final for the first time in 37 years. 1978 was the year that Britain was last at that stage and they are joined by Belgium who have been away from the Davis Cup final for even longer. 1904 was the year that Belgium last were in the Davis Cup final. That was also against Great Britain. And uh, so the final will be in Belgium, in Ghent, 27th to the 29th of November. My name is David Law. I'm joined here by the Telegraph's tennis correspondent, Simon Briggs and Catherine Whitaker here on the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with the Telegraph and supported by BNP Paribas, the Bank for a Changing World. And you can hear they are dismantling the stadium as we talk to you just an hour after the semi-final in which Simon Briggs, Andy Murray did what we all expected he would do, but there were none of the stressful moments that we had at the Queen's Club in the reverse singles rubber. He was on fire today. Yeah, we could do some sort of demolition pun, couldn't we? As they're taking down the stadium and uh, Murray certainly uh, took uh, Tomic apart brick by brick today and uh, really there wasn't an awful lot of doubt I didn't feel from the first game onwards. In fact, he started with an ace. Second point was quite revealing because he, he went with a wide serve and a forehand into the corner. Tomic didn't bother chasing it. He just was like, oh, well, that's a bit good for me. And that was kind of his whole attitude throughout the match. Well, this is a bit good for me. I, I don't know if I like it very much. Um, and then he came in afterwards and he, was, you know, he, he said, I, I, I need to look at this and, and learn what I can do to get better, um, which is what his team captain, Wally Mazur, said as well. But yeah, it was another schooling. And um, really the meat of this match was the doubles rubber. And, and uh, I, I, certainly I don't think Bernard had much belief once that had gone. He pretty much admitted that really, didn't he? He didn't have much belief that there was any way back. And that is the problem, isn't it, Catherine? Because tennis-wise, Bernard Tomic played really well at points today. Certainly in the first set, he was at times taking charge of the rallies. But Andy Murray just kept on getting one more ball back. And I thought, he's basically broken the guy's heart. He's broken his spirit. He broke his... He stopped him believing. Yeah, but as Simon points out, his spirit looked to be broken on, on the second point. That I, I don't think he came into the match with oodles of spirit, only to have it 
it broken. I think he came into the match running low on spirit. And I think he came in low on self-belief. I, I just don't think he thought he could beat the guy. Maybe, but probably his only chance would have been to try and run everything down. And as uh, complimentary as Leighton Hewitt was about Bernard Tomic's performance, I, I'm sure he wasn't watching him fail to chase down balls. Yeah, I'm sure Leighton Hewitt, though he didn't say anything about it in post-match press, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he had a, th- a, a thought or two about Bernard Tomic's failure to run down a few of those balls because it was not in the image of Leighton Hewitt, who's become sort of the archetypal Davis Cup hero, always answering the call, always leaving 100% out there. I just don't... Th- I mean, I mean, yes, of course it hinged on the doubles. Of course, everybody knew it hinged on the doubles. Of course, nobody was expecting Bernard Tomic to get a point there. But you're still representing your country. Just put in everything you've got for that reason. Yeah, it's something that he probably, at this point, Simon, has yet to really find out whether he's got within him, I suspect, Tomic. Does he have that insatiable desire to win at pretty much any cost, which certainly Leighton Hewitt has? He's sort of languid, and Andy Murray has. He's a sort of languid player, isn't he? Um, and he, he quite likes to play cat and mouse, um, which is actually a, quite a Murray-ish characteristic. They, as Andy said afterwards, they, they, they share a certain amount of style, and maybe that's why... He doesn't find it easy against Andy because it's, he's used to people who can't handle his deftness and his changes of spin and his, his slowing down of the game when he wants to do it because Andy just outslices him when it comes to that. But Not many players in the world can do that. Uh, he just didn't really have anywhere left to go. You know, Bernard, uh, he's a, a super talent. He's, he's, he's really doing well in the rankings. He's going to be top 20 next week for the first time. What he hasn't done is beaten a top five player since... Uh, 2011 I think when he beat Soderling so that would be the next step for him and he's obviously going to have to and he's admitted it actually he said fitness is my big problem he's going to have to add a lot more strength and endurance if he's going to start beating top five players regularly It puts Great Britain into this final now against Belgium in late November in Belgium it's going to be interesting to see what they put it on Andy Murray was certainly Mm -hmm. suggesting that it was going to be on clay in Belgium in fact he he said that when they were not even level yet in the tie he was convinced Belgium would win and that's where it would end up yeah I spoke to Leon Smith um, all the way back in the US Open about you know just in case we get through I don't want to (laughs) don't want to take anything for granted what do you think they will do about a venue and he said I shouldn't worry about it too much Belgium are going to win that semi-final I don't think we need to look too far ahead really and he was right you know the Belgians came through a tough uh, fourth uh, rubber there. Fifth rubber. Fifth rubber. Tough fifth rubber. Um, with Darcy uh, serving, well, he didn't quite serve it out, did he? He won it in the tie break in the fourth set, so they showed a lot of character. But yeah, I would have thought that the, the argument for Clay is that Andy would be coming out of the uh, World Tour finals, so he's going to have to do a, a sort of four day turnaround, getting off the hard courts, getting his footwork and his body ready for Clay, which is quite a different set of movements. That's almost the main, main argument for it. Not so much that the players on either side are really well suited to it, but simply that it's, a, it's an irritation factor for Murray, and Murray is the key to the tie. That was an extraordinary scene over the last half an hour, Catherine, where we were in the press room. Simon would have been writing up his piece for The Telegraph, and so many pairs of eyes were looking at computer screens watching live scores of Belgium's outcome. Watching live scores of Federico Del Bonis and Steve Darcis, who would have who would have thought it? Those two um, 
I hope it's not disrespectful to say slightly unlikely um, tennis heroes. Um, and there were definitely moments where it looked like Del Bonis was going to uh, really at least take it to a fifth set. And who knows from there. Uh, that was the first glimpse I got in it, it, visually of the Belgian support, Belgian support. And it was very impressive indeed. They seem to have quite impressive headgear, some sort of Mohicans in, in black, red and, and gold. Which, I'm definitely going to go those when we're over there. Which I look forward to uh, to seeing more of. Um, I would very much expect that tie to be on clay. I'd, I'd be putting it on clay at exactly as Simon says for the annoyance factor for Andy Murray. You've just got to make Murray as uncomfortable as possible and hope that, that David Goffin does his stuff. Absolutely. Now we heard from Andy Murray afterwards. Now obviously delighted but he also did reveal that he had some physical issues i wasn't concerned about how much i had left in the tank i was more concerned about my back my back had been giving me a lot of trouble this week you know the few days before the tie as well you know sometimes after you have played a lot of tennis or whatever sport it is you do or a lot of exercise when you do then take a break you know, the muscles and everything stiffen up um, a little bit, they tighten up, and then when you come back, you, you can have some, some issues. So maybe it was, was to do with that. You said yesterday that you hadn't really had time to think about what it would mean to win the Davis Cup in terms of you know, your own personal achievements in your career. Have you had any more time to you know, assess what that would mean? No, I've thought about what it means to reach a final. It's not think about winning the event, you know, if we have an opportunity to do that in, in the next match. But, you know, so so much tennis um, still to go. Still need to win three matches. And there's still two or three months before the next tie. And a lot a lot can happen between now and then. There's, there's no, no guarantees, but reaching the final is... You know, a big achievement, something that hasn't been done for a long time and, you know, everyone in, in the team should be very proud of that. So there's Andy Murray. And what about the captain, Leon Smith? Afterwards, he spoke to Catherine. Leon, many congratulations. Team GB, Davis Cup finalists. Just how proud are you right now? Yeah, it sounds good when you say that. Um, and, uh, no, we're, I mean, we're absolutely delighted. Um, I watch yet again in amazement what Andy Murray puts through the weekend how he can keep going and, and play all these best of five setters three days in a row is pretty incredible, especially when he's you know hurting. He's got a, his back is giving him issues. He just he just fights and he's just such a great role model for anyone else in and around our team. But obviously now we obviously can't wait for the final. But now we've come this far, we've got to make sure that when that time arrives, we we really do everything we can to try and try and win this. In the early days of your captaincy, a lot of your job was about restoring respectability to Team GB given how far we were in the doldrum, doldrums. At what point did you start to think this year, hang on a second, we've got a team that could win the Davis Cup? Well, it was always tough because you know, without Andy it would be very difficult to, to, to get this far. Um, but I think it, what's happened over the years is that we've seen the emergence of very good doubles players um, and there's been quite a few of them. But you know, more recently, it's obviously been uh, Jamie and Dom, um, who are now making. You know, we saw a finalist of Wimbledon U.S. Open in Jamie and a semi-finalist of U.S. Open in Dom, and to have that in your team gives you a lot more confidence. But I think looking back to last year, when you know we beat USA away, um, and it was important getting a win from James Ward against one of those teams as well. It means that we're not always relying on Andy getting every rubber, and then 
you know, we had a chance in Naples. We went 2-1 up. You kind of think, well, if you can get through that, we're in the semi-finals. So I think last year we started to really believe that we had a stronger makeup of a team. Um, and then this year we got off to a great start, you know, because we obviously had that great win against USA and, and Wardy, you know, winning that spectacular match against Isner on day one helped a lot. Um, and then really it's been the story of Andy uh, helped with Jamie in, in the last two matches. Ten weeks roughly until the final, presuming he's he's fit and healthy, Andy Murray picks himself, but there's three guys, aren't there, in the running for that second singles place. What would you like to see from them in that ten weeks? Do you want to see them go out there and prove to you why they should be picked? 100%. Uh, and I've said that to the, the three of them already, that I think, you know... There's going to be a couple of people really disappointed not to play, but all three of them uh, need to go out and just fight and, and knuckle down. And, and to be fair, they, they, you know, they should be doing that anyway, but there is a big incentive um, coming up. And this, you know, however long it's been since the last final, what is it, 37 years or something since the last one? You know, if, you, if this isn't big enough incentive to go out there, get the right schedule, work hard every day in practice um, and take a good look at yourself every single day um, and earn that spot in the team. That's what we want because if, if all three of them do that and the doubles players, then we're going to come in with a much... I'd much rather be picking out of form and making a tough decision because everyone's playing well and everyone's had a great run. That'd be a much better situation and I hope that's what it's going to, going to be. It's been great to see James Ward and Carl Edmund on the sidelines during this tie. How have they found the weekend? Have they, have they found it difficult not being involved? Yeah, I mean, of course it's difficult because you know they're desperate to play and I would be disappointed as a captain when I, I knock in their hotel room on a, a Wednesday evening to tell them who's in and out. If I tell the guys that are out and they high-five me you know, on the way out, there's something wrong. So they should be hurting, but the good thing is that they, you know, they stick around and then get over that disappointment. Uh, and support the team and that, that's what's really important about this this event is that you've got to uh, win, lose, draw as a team and that's that's what we, we aim to achieve because you know, as you mentioned earlier it's been a long journey on this one as, a, as this, this team, this staff, these players um, and it's important to stick together. Just finally a quick word from you on the crowd. I don't think there's been a single person in the arena today, yesterday, the day before whose hairs haven't stood on end at one point. Does that include you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, from day one, uh, when you come out and get presented to the crowd in the first instance and you hear, you know, when Andy Murray's name gets called out, the place just absolutely erupts. Um, and it just impresses me how even the crowd with Dan Evans on, on day one, and I'm actually hearing them in the background now, how he's playing a dead rubber. They're still going nuts. You know, it's, it's been a wonderful, wonderful atmosphere again. They should be very proud of themselves because they've actually helped the team a lot. So, Leon Smith, Simon, absolutely delighted with what he saw. It, it was quite a revelation from Andy Murray about his physical condition, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, we saw that he was crouching over a bit early on in the doubles, but he really um, said that he had been having the problem since Tuesday night when it, the back locked up unexpectedly after practice with no particular uh, obvious reason why it had happened. Um, the remarkable thing is that they still sat down on um, Friday night and, and said... We want to go with the strongest doubles combination, even at, at the, the cost and the physical pain it's, it's clearly going to put you through. And he, I'm sure, was the driving force in that. And the guy is, uh, 
so mentally strong and has that, that courage, really. I mean, that's a brave thing to do because they played for four hours. It was a ferocious match. It was the best doubles match I can remember watching. So, you know, hats off to Andy again. You've got to say we're grateful for him. Absolutely. Simon, we're going to send you off to go and write your finishing touches to the Telegraph's piece. What's going to be in tomorrow? Well, we're going to have um, just a report on today's events and then maybe a little um, meet the Belgians sidebar. Although I haven't got that far yet, so I need to have a word with the office. But it's pretty sort of straightforward, a big uh, page of tennis. Who's, go who's going to win this Davis Cup final? Well, it's, it's, uh, it's Britain's to lose, isn't it? Simon Briggs there, nailing his colours to the mast. And off he goes to finish off his Telegraph pieces that you'll be reading over the next couple of days. Catherine Whitaker, the other great story of this tie was Leighton Hewitt, wasn't it? And just wonderful to see him one final time out on the court. Yes, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll miss him when he's gone, particularly almost as much as anywhere at, at the Davis Cup. I think he's been such a model um, for for answering the call. To, I, don't, he's, he, I, I can't think of another player that's never answered the call and, and that is a huge testament to him, especially as, you know, he's not got a a, um, a style of game that's light on the body and he's suffered his fair share of injuries and to never, ever have said, do you know what, it's, it's a bit too much for me just now. It's never been too much for him and um, that I, I think the Davis Cup will be poorer without him. I, th I think it's it's a terrible blow for them because he's he's carried the flag for it, hasn't he? He's said to all the other players, "You should be playing in this. You shame on you for not answering your call." And um, I hope that somebody else will pick up that flag, and it could be Andy Murray. Certainly could be, although I'm sure he'll be wanting certain other members of the Australian team in the future to pick it up. Certainly Tanasi Kokonakis was talking very enthusiastically about the Davis Cup. It's clear where his intentions lie in the future. Afterwards, Wally Mazur said there will be a panel to decide the next Davis Cup captain, but he very much expects it to be Leighton Hewitt. Both Andy Murray and Leighton Hewitt paid tribute to one another, and it was really quite touching to see the respect that they clearly have for one another. But you know what? I think what we will do on this final tennis podcast brought to you in association with The Telegraph and supported by BNP Paribas, the Bank for a Changing World here in Glasgow. I think we'll just end by hearing from Leighton Hewitt, who's calling time on his Davis Cup career. And this is what it's all been about for him. Yeah, it's been a great journey. Um, yeah, taking up a lot of my lifetime, really. Davis Cup and playing for my country, and uh, thoroughly in, enjoyed every moment of it. Um, yeah, I, rem I remember a lot of the older guys when I first came into the team said, you know, you, you have some of your biggest highs in tennis in Davis Cup, and you have some of your toughest losses in Davis Cup. And yeah, it couldn't be more true. Um, you know, the, the opportunity, obviously, to celebrate at the end of a uh, winning year like two, uh, 2003 especially but 99 in my first year I was very fortunate to be a part of that team as well um, but I've definitely had my fair share of really gut-wrenching losses as well um, but it, I think it does make you stronger um, as a professional tennis player um, because you know it is a very selfish sport tennis for you know 10 11 months of the year where you're just concentrating on your own game um and so for me i've, I've always loved the the atmosphere of getting together in a group and a team and and you know playing for your country